Hello, welcome to Confessions of a Black Mother. My name is Kira and I am your host. I hope you have had an excellent start to your week and I hope your week is perfected and your week is awesome and you get everything that you require this week. Today's topic is Mama Knows. Mama Knows. Alright, let's get into it. When I was a little thing, I used to think my mother knew everything, and I mean everything. So if I had a question that she couldn't answer, I would be totally flabbergasted. I mean, I would really be confused about why she didn't know y'all. But what I didn't understand or realize was a mother's intuition. Now, if you look up in my boy Webster's definition of intuition, it reads, Quick and ready insight. Immediate comprehension. A natural ability or power that makes it possible to know something without any proof or evidence. The definition in the black community is a feeling that I get when I know something ain't right. Suspicion, worry, or consistent thought of something. Our intuition as mothers are activated all the time. But when our children are not in our presence, that's when they're at all time high. No smite to fathers. They have intuition as well, but a mother's intuition is no joke. That's the, I had eyes in the back of my head thing. We all heard it. That's the, I've been around for decades upon decades and I know things. (laughs) We all heard that. But back to the root of intuition. A mama knows when something is wrong with her child. A mother knows when things just aren't right. A mother knows when there's a shift in a situation. A mother just knows. Our intuition trains us to feel when the things we protect are offline or buffering, if you know what I mean. We teach our children right from wrong from the time they're able to comprehend. In the black community, we use words like ah ah and no. And that, my dear, is teaching right from wrong. We know when our children are in need of a father presence. Our children display some things at a young age, and that's how we know. We watch their actions and their interactions, and we pay attention to their behaviors. We know when a child is crying out for attention. What matters is how we respond to the attention and if we can tell that male energy attention is what they are seeking. Let me give examples for those in the back. (laughs) If your male child is having behavioral issues in school and you know as a mother you're doing everything you need to do to provide more than enough attention, but it doesn't seem to be enough. Well, sis, he may need some consistent male attention. If you have a female child and you see she's in the face of a lot of males and no matter the talks you have with her, you notice that she is sneaking for that male attention. There's a good possibility that she's in consistent need of some fatherly male attention. Now, male attention sometimes comes in different ways and different forms. I've seen, you know, children go as far as even shutting down and not wanting to speak to anybody but that person that they need that male attention that they seek and I see that a lot in the black community because unfortunately our fathers are being ripped away from us we have the highest incarceration rate and a lot of them are not sitting in jail for things that are jellable offenses. I get it. You don't pay your child support. There needs to be some type of penalty. But is jail really fixing anything? Could he really pay you child support from the confinements of an institution? But who am I to judge? I will never speak from the understanding of a single mother. 
But speaking from having close friends and family that are single mothers, it's hard to do it alone, queen. If you and the father do not get along or see eye to eye, then seek a male figure in your life that you can trust and that is consistent to pour into your children. Key words. Trust and willingness to pour education and love into your children. Sometimes, and I'm guilty of this being a married woman, sometimes we seek the wrong things in men. We seek for them to be financially stable. We seek for them to um, have their own. We seek for a lot of different, we got a laundry list of things that we seek, but sometimes as mothers, we miss the mark of seeking things that are obvious. We need people to pour into our children as mothers. We don't need extra bodies around. We need people that will pour into our children. Now, to move to a trigger-sensitive subject. This part of the talk will be a trigger for some folks. But unspoken things is what clutches our community. Period. Point blank. We got a lot of unspoken things that have a stronghold on us. Some of us mamas have to be better in tune with the intuition of when our kids feel uncomfortable with a male or female presence. We have to listen for those key words like, I don't like, or I don't want to, or why do you have to leave? Even the tone in your children's voice, sometimes it's an indicator that they feel uncomfortable. Going to the doctors with my children, I've recognized that some doctors make them feel, or some nurses, or just some presences, period, make them feel uncomfortable just by the way they are standing or just by the look they give me. Everyone that is convenient is not appropriate. I will repeat. Everyone that is convenient is not appropriate to watch our children. Sometimes we mix convenient with appropriate because we get the recommendation from our cousin's cousin's cousin or we know that person but we don't really know that person. And this doesn't just apply with men. It applies with women as well. Sometimes we don't, we don't vet stuff properly. We don't vet people properly. We go off of the recommendation of somebody that'll leave her kids with anybody. You have to vet people, sis. And even if you feel like that they are vetted, you have to make sure that you're keeping a watchful eye. Sometimes we give out a little bit too much trust when it comes to the preciousness of our children. My husband says it all the time. We trust the doctors and the nurses and the teachers <laughs> a little bit too much. And no smite, because I know there's a teacher that's looking at looking at her radio or her phone like, what the hell? No, I'm not, I'm not coming for you, sis. That's not what this is about. But sometimes we we invest everything into these people, and sometimes these people are mentally not where they should be. You hear about it on the news all the time. 
doctors are being found uh, putting people under local anesthetics and molesting them. Or you hear about doctors will tell you, oh, well, you can't come back here if your child is a certain age. But what makes you any better than their parent? By having them back there and doing a doing an exam on their private areas and I can't be back there to witness or watch what you're doing. Again, hurt people hurt people and sometimes we don't realize people are hurting until they are bleeding all over us. It is our job to protect our children. We are our children's advocate. Listen, pay attention, ask questions, inspect, all of that. All of that. I was listening to, I was listening to a, um, I guess you could say, it was a podcast, but it was actually a, uh, it was being videotaped as well. And it was an interview that this lady was having. And she was basically, um, she was saying that there's a lot of people out here in these industries that suffer from generational curses and mental instabilities. And they are out here as doctors. They are out here as Educators, they are out here as uh, uh, business people. They're out here, just out here in the world. And sometimes we suffer from what they're suffering from because they're not even healed. Again, we are our children's advocate. I don't let anybody... Um, tell my child anything without well let me not say I don't let because when it, when my children are not in my presence you know sometimes you can't control the narrative but if I'm around I don't let people expose my children to things that I have not exposed them to because they're their reasoning behind it can be different. Ladies, we are detectives by nature. We could find a needle in a haystack in the middle of Mars underneath a meteor shire. Period, Pooh. <laughs> Let's not be out here putting all our intention into these men and missing the mark when it comes to our children. Sometimes we suffer from that. We got our attention into everything else. These fools at work getting on my nerve. All oh, this dude, this dude, I didn't call this phone five times. He ain't even answering. I gotta chase this man around. I got the, I got the, I got the. And we be missing a mark. Our kids be trying to tell us, and we just don't listen. We be missing a mark. Come home. From long days of work, feet hurt and tired. You've been dealing with everybody under the under the under the sun. Get home, find out your kids ain't eight. <laughs> this old man sitting on a PS5 playing the game. Kids starving like a mug, boy. Kids ain't eight. Ain't nobody took a shower. I mean, <laughs> work. They ain't been turning in work. And all you want to do is come home and take off them shoes, let them bunions rest. But you can't. We got to be selective when we send our children places, especially sleepovers to people's houses, all of that. We got to be selective even with family. Your children are your legacy and you have to protect them at all costs. So nobody's above selection. Nobody. Sending your kids places is, is, is a trust level that 
you you got to be careful. You got to be careful. I remember back in the day, um, I worked for a program, and I won't put their name out there because I know a couple of people who's listening used to work for that same program. But um, I used to work for a program back in the day, and we were like a mentorship program. And some of the mentors <laughs> were predators. <laughs> and I'm laughing, but it's really not funny. There be grown men and women. I will not exclude women. There is grown men and women preying on your child. What in the hell? Do a grown adult in their 30s see in a 14-year-old, 15-year-old child? That man, there ain't nothing a 14-year-old can do. For me, you can't pay no bills. You ain't wipe your butt properly. I mean, I've watched, I've watched these young kids out here. I know I'm, I'm I know I'm off a little bit off the topic, but I watched this young dude. He, he was sagging. And this dude had doo-doo stains. How you, first of all, how are you sagging on pants to the ground like that? And second of all, why, 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 why you got doo-doo stains? <laughs> but let me reel it back in. You got to be selective. My 11-year-old daughter complains because she has only one friend who she's allowed to go over to their house and spend a night. And I remind her every time, you just going to be mad because you're not going over nobody else's house to spend a night. You lucky I'm sending you over there. I've met the, I've met them kids, parents, the, the baby whose house, excuse me, the baby whose house she's allowed to go over and stay the night at. I've met her parents. I've been all up in their business. I've done a walkthrough of their house. I've had a long conversation with them before my daughter was even allowed to go over there. My husband has spoke to the dad. I've spoke to the mom. We've spoken to them together. I pay attention when I go over there. It just is what it is. My daughter has one friend. We went to a party uh, that the mother threw for the child. And I've never in my life, and I'm going, I'm just going to put it out there. I've never in my life watched so many men, like watch children, not like I'm keeping an eye on the children, but like predatorial watching the kids. And it was like, I felt uncomfortable as, as a woman, let alone as a mom. So that party was real short lived. My husband was like, y'all came home quick. Dad going right. Cause it was either I come home or I go in about mats. There are family members that I would never trust to watch my kids. Some people be like, girl, that's snooty. That's not being snooty. That is common sense selection, y'all. Period. You know, you know your peoples better than you know anybody else. You know, you know if your cousin don't watch kids she ain't really she may be the family babysitter but y'all know she really ain't watching them kids she's smoking weed kids come home coats and jackets and book bags smell like weed <laughs> or every black family got that cousin that little cousin who know how to do hair but just because she know how to how to lay some braids or put in some individuals don't mean she really good at watching kids because your kids can come home and tell you a thing or two about how many dudes she had in and out of her house. But that ain't my business. <laughs> but see, y'all, I see things that my daughter does not. She's still naive and she's young. One thing I tell my kids all the time, if it walk like a predator, talk like a predator, it's a predator. Don't let don't let your common sense <laughs> like fly out the window. I would rather you be too protective 
then fall victim. Don't let nobody walk up to you and put their hands on you. I've wa- I've watched I've watched dudes walk up and wrap their arms around girls they ain't even know. What? <laughs> what? Some old dogs can learn new tricks. They just don't want to. Some folks have habits and ways that they are comfortable with. It's not that they cannot see the problem. They don't want nobody addressing the problem. Some folks don't even see it as a problem because they're trying to convince themselves that they are not suffering from any problems. Folks is kings and queens of putting on masks, masking issues. What the old folks used to say? Putting a band-aid on it. You got a problem. Listen, judge me if you must. I don't care what they say. Judge me, judge a mama. <laughs> right? R. Kelly is one of the best artists. Artists, not person. Artists out there. And some of the mothers knew that they were handing their children over to a predator. I've, I've watched the, the, um, the R. Kelly interviews and the interviews with all the women. I've watched all of that. And some of them parents just lacked common sense. And the people around him knew that he had a problem. His manager admitted to lying to Aaliyah's parents about about them getting married so you are contributing to this man's illness we out here stepping in the name of love and somebody's child getting peed on this is crazy but i digress we and i'm saying we because we are responsible for one another as black folks we have to break the generational curses that plague our communities We have to. We don't have a choice. Often we see folks being protected because folks don't want them to go to jail. Or we don't want to send them to jail. But what we need to understand is that they need mental help. They suffer from an illness, y'all. A mental illness that sometimes was a learned behavior. I've watched grown men Tell their sons, yeah, y'all gonna be pimps like your dad. What? What? When did we think it was okay to start raising pimps? I've watched a woman call her son a thug. This is my G. And you know, uh, y'all, y'all know what grinds my gears. When grown mamas not even grow when mothers period call they daggone kids daddy or zaddy he is a child he is your child that sounds real predator like to call your child daddy you crazy and the horse you rode in on was crazy you need a check let me get back on track y'all because y'all gonna have me y'all gonna have me in my bag Often we see folks, we see folks protecting these people because we, we trying to protect the family, uh, the family name. How? How do you dismiss the physical and the mental mistreatment of somebody to protect the way something looks on the outside. How the inside of your house tore up, walls falling down, floor caving in, floor got a hole in it, but the outside looks sharp in the mud. You confused. I keep telling y'all, I only got an hour. I try not to go into these things. I only got an hour. Y'all only got an hour. 
But we have to be about the business of breaking generational curses so that our children and our children's children do not have to continue to suffer under the blanket of fear and family image. Quit being secret bearers and help sick folks address their illness. Speak up and create the family conversation so that there can be awareness so that these children are not falling victim to the same uncle or the same family friend that everyone knew was sick and everybody at the family gathering whispering but they won't put a stop to him being around the kids. Oh, predator talking about, baby, go make me a plate. Meanwhile, everybody witnessing him watching his child walk away. That's why the old folks used to send the kids to go play. When there's more than one, if there's two adults in the room, go play. I know way too many adults that have children around adult conversations. And sometimes kids need to know what's going on. But in other situations, they don't need to be up in adults business. I don't need to know that uncle, uncle such and such's girlfriend is out there and she's for the streets. That's adult business. But the two adults sitting in the room also need to be discussing the elephant in the room. And if there is a clown sitting in the room, address the clown. Some people be like, I don't want to bring fights to the family. I don't want to bring no distension to the family. But you would rather bring mental illness to your child? You would rather have a niece, a nephew, or a little cousin suffer from depression and suicidal thoughts because you trying to protect the image of not of your family not being about that life of fighting. I will knock somebody's head clean off their shoulders and behind the dryer if I found out you was a child predator in my presence. But alright, y'all, I digress. I digress. Back to the intuition, the mama knows. We know as parents when our children are ready to progress in school or whether they will struggle. We know that if they're college ready or if they're ready to go straight out into the workforce, we know. These things we know about what our children display to us along the way. We pay attention to their habits and their processes. I caught my son last week, y'all, plagiarizing. I knew within the first two lines of his report that he didn't write it. It did not sound like something my son would say. I gave him this look like, you gotta be kidding me if you thought for one minute that you was believable. You using words you can't even say and or spell. That's not your work. But I also know that my son is not college ready. It makes no sense to pay all that money to send him to college. And he's already showing that he does not like school and he don't like a school setting. I know that about my son. I don't allow a school counselor to tell my children that the only thing after high school is college. Everybody's not college material. When I was in high school, that's all they pushed was college or the military. And I went to a vocational school. How about that? I have very close friends that went to college, have very high prestigious degrees, and they not even doing what they got their degree in. And the most consistent thing I hear from them is, I can't get no job with that degree. That degree's crap. Every child does not flourish in an institutional environment. Forcing a child who does not have an institutional mind, they will go down a path and eventually rebel. Everyone is not college material. 
I seen this uh, cartoon one time on Facebook and it was uh, these kids were in this classroom and the teacher had a pair of scissors and a little boy was walking into the classroom and every child in that classroom had a square above their head and this child came in with a circle and the teacher started cutting the circle into a square at the door and everybody's not made to be that circle. I'm sorry to be that square because I think the kid, all the kids were square. Yeah. But I always tell my kids education don't stop when you leave school either. See, I'm going to teach you those things that the school board system may not want you to know. See, Christopher Columbus <laughs> was a rapist. But by law, there's certain things the teachers can't say or there's certain things they don't know. When I was in college, I had a white Africana studies teacher and I quit the class the next week. Now, I'm not, you know, I don't hate on no white. I got white friends. I do not hate on white folk at all. Do your thing. But you can't tell me nothing about Africana studies, cuz. You could tell me about any other continent except Africa. And I went straight to my I went straight to my advisor and I was like, you gonna have to explain something. <laughs> Cause I'm not sitting in no Africana class with this lady trying to tell me about my continent. Education don't stop when your kids get out of school. You should be consistently teaching them who they are, what they are about, their history. If you don't know, learn yourself. Learn together. That's the best part about it is when you're transparent enough to let a kid know that you don't know everything. Learn some things together. And don't always know the common stuff. Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, although they were great Waymakers. Teach your children about the people that didn't make the history books. Teach your children about the common day, the modern day hero. One of the people I used to admire in my community in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was Mr. Baker. God rest his soul. He was the owner of a black store and competed he competed with a lot of Arabians because around that area a lot of gas stations were owned by Arabians and he competed with the best of them but you could also go into Mr. Baker's store and have 25 cents and walk out with two dollars worth of stuff because Mr. Baker wasn't just there in his community to knock over heads Mr. Baker was there to show his community he cared But back to the story at hand, we may pay, we must pay attention to our children. Even the silence speaks measures. Speaking of silence. Another mama knows what I have been dealing with personally in my household. Teenage depression. And I'm not the only one who's dealt with it or who's dealing with it. And for some, this is another trigger topic. Depression comes in levels and not all depression looks like suicide or crying spells. Because sometimes we get that confused or construed. Depression can look like sleeping the day away. It can look like silence. Depression can look like behavioral breakdowns. Depression can look like a lot of things that we are as working parents conditioned to sometimes overlook because we're too busy. And my best friend 
uh, has a podcast. She also is the uh, founder and owner of uh, Pittsburgh Brown Mamas. She had a, a podcast not too long ago where she was discussing um, the difference between depression and uh, vitamin deficiencies and things of that sort. So if you get an opportunity, go over to her page and listen to her podcast as well because it makes a lot of sense. Sometimes we mistake depression for other issues. It could be some health issues going on. It could be the body lacking something. So we have to make sure before we use that big D word that we understand what's going on in our children. Because sometimes behavioral issues is just that. It's just your child acting out. Sometimes every temper tantrum isn't an attention-seeking temper tantrum. Sometimes it's just a child being a child. I have a five-year-old that does not lack attention in any area whatsoever. He's actually probably spoiled as ever. And he acts out sometimes just for the sake of having something to do. (laughs) But simply addressing the elephant in the room can remedy a lot. Conversations with your children are a must. If a doctor, a school nurse, a counselor can question, can ask questions to provoke conversation, what is the issue with those conversations being had at home? Again, my husband tells my kids all the time, the doctor should never know more information than us when it comes to your behavior, your lifestyles, your ways, period. We go into these doctor's appointments and we'll answer these questionnaires without second thought. History, what's your sleep pattern? Or do you feel sad and blah blah blah? I should know I should know what you're putting down on that paper. Because the conversations I have in my home, I let my kids know what they say in the workplace. I got an open door policy. I tell my kids, you have an open door policy in this home. You can always come to me and talk. Now, not every conversation will be in your favor. But I'm going to give it to you the way you need it. The universe, God, Allah, whatever you believe in, they made me your mother. I wish I could have been your best friend, but I got a better gift. I was given to be your mother. So I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what's important and what you need to know. So I should know these things. Sex is uncomfortable for teenagers to talk about to their parents. I don't care what nobody tell you. Some people have easier conversations with their kids than others. But sex is a very uncomfortable topic for teenage kids to talk about. My daughter be on the phone with her friends. And I'm not saying that she's had sex. But she's been on the phone with her friends. And they be But I sit her down and... She don't, I don't get that talka talka talka. I get talks, but I don't get the, you know, I get the tea sparingly. And it's not because she think I'm going to judge her. It's just maybe a little uncomfortable. And I don't make it uncomfortable. I don't be like, ooh, girl, what you been doing? I don't make it uncomfortable at all. I'm very transparent with my kids. Now, I ain't messy. That's the difference. I know some parents be telling their kids about their bedroom life last night. My bedroom life ain't your business. But I'm transparent. You got a question you want to know. As long as it's not violating certain rules, I'll tell you about it. But your school advisor should not reveal to me anything that I don't already know. The advisor at your child's school shouldn't tell you that your child is behaviorally challenged. You'll be able to know that stuff at home if you pay attention. You know your child is bad as hell and the measures you should take to work on that outside of school. I know somebody right now that is diagnosing a mess out of their kids because they think they know my kid got this, my kid got that, my kid's on the spectrum, my kid is here. But that diagnosis is coming out of frustration and not And not medical experience. I'm not one of them parents that will tell you that autism does not exist. Because it does. And I know that it's real. I know that ADHD is real. I know that these different things are real. But I also know that in this day and time, in 2021, our black children are overly diagnosed. 
Our children are diagnosed because people don't want to deal with their behaviors. And there are some parents that will even say, well, I don't medicate my child. But you got a label on your child. And sometimes that label is needed. But more times than not, that label is put there because either they trying to get a check or they don't want to deal with the child or they don't have the proper male presence that they need to help deal with that child. Because when I used to work for the school districts and when I used to work for the mentoring programs, them children needed a male presence or a female presence. I knew a young lady that she yearned so bad for a female presence. She used to just fight grown women and fight girls all the time. And then when you got to the root of the problem, you found out that although her mother was physically in the home, she wasn't mentally present. So this young lady was fighting for a, fe a female presence and a female spirit to be there because she yearned for her mother's and her mother wasn't paying her no attention. So it became she's acting out, she's bad, she's misbehaved. But let's get to the root of this these misbehaviors. Let's get to the root of these problems. Addressing the elephant in the room. But on a real mama, attention, conversation, education, and situational learning should be consistent in the home. What's situational learning? Situational learning is if I have an issue and I deal with the issue and it just so happened to be dealt with in front of my children, that's situational learning. Either I teach my children the best way to handle the situation, the frustrating and upset way to handle the situation, or some parents just downright teach the wrong way to deal with the situation. But it's still situational learning. When we allow the television, the gym teacher, the music, the gaming systems, and the social media to raise our children, we suffer from the outcome. We watch time rob us. And we can't go back and undo things. We can try to redo but sometimes we understand that forgiveness can be given, but hurtful memories never leave. I've watched hurt people forgive and genuinely forgive, but they'll never forget. And I'm not just talking about the hurtful, bad things that happened to them. I'm talking about some things that hurt their feelings, hurt their heart. The presence of a parent has long-term effects. The, the overly diagnosing of our black children has long-term effects. If you're constantly told that you're bad, if you're constantly told that you don't have no common sense, if you're constantly told, I don't like your daddy and you, you remind me just like your daddy, guess what? That stuff has long-term effects. And whether you see it immediately or whether you witness it in the adult that you raised, well, Time will tell. Time will tell. But again, understand that hurt people hurt people. So if you raise a child with hurt, there's a 50-50 chance that that hurt will spill off on somebody else. As adults, we remember things from our childhood that we wish didn't happen or things that could have changed. But what we do as parents is we try to prevent them from happening to our children. We must try to teach and curve behaviors while they are young so that conformative institutions don't receive them as adults, i.e. jail, i.e. mental institutions. But y'all don't hear me. I'm not here to preach or give you a sermon, but let's be real. We are all too familiar with these situations and scenarios. Mothers of sons, we establish and set the bar when it comes to what a young boy is groomed to do when he searches for a girl, a woman, or a wife, what his expectations are, what he is to do as a man. Fathers of daughters, an old saying is, a player's form of karma 
is the universe giving him a daughter. Understand I've witnessed it come true with too many folks. I've witnessed those dog, those dog, dog men end up having girls. And then they want to be, I know why you're going to look at my daughter, my daughter, daughter. And then I just witnessed your daughter doing the twerk competition on Facebook. Or the busset challenge. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with the TikToks and doing all that other stuff. But I've witnessed some real hard player dudes turning a mush, finding out, or watching a video of their daughter bucket naked doing the, the busset challenge, or they got a fans only page. I've witnessed it happen way too often. So I witnessed karma come back in some men. And they kind of needed it to slow down. But again, y'all only got an hour. I only got an hour. Our children be out there trying to sneak to get their uchi coochie on. But they don't know the first thing about interaction of spirits and or souls. They don't understand that when you're out there having sex with multiple people, you're interchanging spirits and souls. Y'all don't hear me. The modern day music is telling them that having a body count is more important than integrity and dignity. Cutting off the radio is not going to help. You have to have the walk it like I talk it example, mama. The conversation of safe sex, baby sexually transmitted diseases, heartache, and more should be a conversation from the comforts of home, not by first experience and then the lesson. Don't get me wrong, experience is the best teacher. But as mothers, we want to protect our children from the monsters under the bed. The bad breakups, the accusations of paternity, the I don't know. I get it. We will not be able to protect them from everything, but transparency is a start. Conversation. That's a good start. Our spidey senses can be just a little, I didn't say a lot, but just a little of ease if we start a lot of these conversations at home. Not with an accusatory tone or just like your daddy smite. By the way, I hate that. I hate when somebody demeans and defaces the father and then turns around and tells the child, you act just like your daddy. What do you think that does to the child? Okay, I digress. But we need to start having these conversations at home. Conversations to protect us mentally, physically, and emotionally. It's one thing to patch up physical pain. But mental and emotional damage takes a lifetime to heal. A lot of us parents are still healing as adults. That's why it's so important to heal properly. So that our children do not have to patch our wounds or deal with the scarring and pus from wounds that have been covered up but never taken care of properly. Again, it's so important to heal properly so that our children don't have to patch our wounds. Teach from experience of protection. Allow your intuition to create moments of education and conversation. Our children need the old way back. The village accountability, the talks, the eyes in the back of our head, fear. I used to be scared to the mug going home from middle school because my teacher knew my father. And when I would misbehave in school, he would call my dad. And my dad knew what was going on before I would even get through the door. So I'd be shook. Our gen- this new generation needs that fear back that was once the glue that held a lot of black families together we too busy out here trying to tell people don't say nothing to my kid meanwhile your kid is a complete circus clown and you are the ringling master of that circus clown we out here 
trying to fight each other about what you saying to somebody else's kid when what I'm trying to say to somebody else's kid is trying to help your kid I'm not out here trying to attack your kid I'm out here trying to help your child but we got into a point to where we can't say nothing to anybody without somebody taking offense we need to get back to that village accountability we need to get back to that old way, that intuition, that mama knows. Because that intuition is what stops that grown adult from suffering. If I deal with it now, if I shape it now, if I heal the wounds now, then I don't have to, or not, I'm not going to say I don't have to, but my worries are to a minimum when I have this grown adult. Because the last thing a mother wants to hear is a child say, you're at fault for this. Or you're the reason that this happened. And they may take that to the grave, but a mother knows. We need to get back to that. That mama knows. I'm going to leave y'all with this affirmation of the week. Not loving every moment of motherhood does not mean you don't love being a mom. Remember to love and take care of yourself and your family daily. Nobody can judge your mothering. Because you're the best mother there is. Until next week. If you see a mama. In passing at work. On a bus. Let her know. Mama you good. Peace and blessings. And see y'all the same time. In the same channel. Next week. If y'all got a conversation, a topic y'all want to discuss, hit me up on Instagram at Confessions of a Black Mother. You could direct inbox it to me or you can write it under one of the posts. And we'll chat about it. So I wish y'all peace and blessings.